This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com, your entertainment destination. Casino, poker, dining, and simulcast racing so you can wager on some of the best tracks in the country. Go to HialeahParkCasino.com to sign up for promotions, giveaways, and events. Uh, last night, by the way, just, I, I don't know if I, and I mentioned it earlier, but I just want to say that uh, Bam has just stepped up in a monster, monster way, man. Really proud of that guy. Watching him play last night, and it was a crap. God, that game was hard to watch, dude. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch the Heat. They're not an entertaining bunch. I tuned in at the end, and I wanted to not finish watching it. <laughs> right. I watched that whole game. Oh, no, no, I didn't do that. I, I watched that whole game. I had more important stuff to watch. A Good for you. Was on. Yeah, oh, that's right. You guys had the wrestling stuff. Did I win? Yeah. You won. All right. The Guns are the new AEW Tag Team Champions. I didn't like how they did it, but hey, it's all good. And plus, they'll be here April 26th, by the way, too. When? AEW. They're, they're coming to uh, Florida FLA Live Arena. Or whatever it is going to be called. It just got announced today. So Okay, so let's yeah. uh, get in contact with these people. Yeah, see if they're doing media. Yeah, bro. Let's, do, let's be part of media there, bro. Let's go. Let's set that up. Damn. Any idea who Fangio targets for defensive assistance? I don't know, Brett. They need a linebacker's coach and a safeties coach, an outside linebacker's coach and a safeties coach. And I don't know if he's going to change any of the other coaches that they may have there, too. Okay? But I, I don't know. I, I'd be lying to you if I told you, oh, Fangio's going to get this guy and that guy. I have no idea. But here's the best part. I trust Fangio. I trust Fangio. I trust Mike. I think McDaniel knows offense. I'm not worried about that. The only thing I'm worried with Mike McDaniel is what? What do we talk? What do we talk about, ladies and gentlemen, all the time for Mike McDaniel? What is my one concern for him? Game day, right? Game day management of his timeouts, of his uh, of the of the clock, uh, of the plays, the players, uh, everything. Okay, challenges, you name it. Game day is the only thing he's got to get his stuff straightened. Everything else, I know he knows. I know he can excel and. Fangio's the same thing. He's proven over and over again. So he knows tons of coaches. He'll get the right assistant. Those things I'm not even worried about. It's just, it's like this guy, Butch Berry. Crappy reviews, okay? And mixed reviews with the stats. But in the end, none of it matters. McDaniel knows him. He must, he must like something about him. That fits what they do. And then he spoke with Frank Smith. And Frank and him probably have a plan on how they're going to implement everything. And Because obviously those two have to be on the same page. So I got to give Mike McDaniel the benefit of the doubt there. Because he knows offense. He knows offensive line. So he he's going to try to keep finding the guy that fits what they do. I'm not worried about that. I'll, I'll just... Like I said, I'm going to give the guy an opportunity to get it done, okay? McDaniel, like I told you, the only thing with McDaniel is I better not have this conversation at the end of next year that McDaniel's having problems on game day. That's the only thing that McDaniel needs to correct with me, okay? Because if we have the same, these kind of conversations at the end of next year, like I told you for the last couple months here, we got problems, okay? 
So he, that that's the job. I need to see a clean operation on game day next year with Mike McDaniel. And then I know he can move on as a head coach. Okay? If it's not, then he's not the right guy to be a head coach because then that means he can't get his shit together on game day. And that's not good. You might know offense, but then maybe you're just an offensive coordinator. You're not a head coach. You know what I'm saying? So the the you know, there's a little pressure on McDaniel there too, because what what he did on game day, he cost his team several games. As I've said all year long. Okay, his rookiness cost them several games as a, as a play caller. That's where he struggles. And he better not struggle next year with that because he hurt his team a lot last year. And that, that can't happen. But you get, you get the break because you're a rookie and you're a head coach calling plays. That's, that's a lot for a veteran coach, much less a rookie. Let's, let's hope it's better. Big O, you called it. The guns won in AEW, and they're coming to sunrise. There you go. There you go. And Frankie, you didn't listen to a damn word I said, by the way. Frankie, what, where, where was it before the interview? Um, yeah, it was before. Oh, by the way, Ian Baller, James Harrison told... He wasn't good enough, Hall of Famer. Right, exactly. And you don't give up. I'm with you. But Frankie put some crap there. Uh, no, he, he, he put like, uh, what did you expect? Uh, you know, come on, Big O. What trade is out there for the Heat to make to push this season? Question mark. I never talked about that. I never said anything. I'm the guy that has said from the get-go that they have nothing to trade. I'm not surprised the Heat didn't make a trade, Frankie. I'm telling you the reasons why the Heat are in this position. Because the owner is putting undue pressure on their front office. And then the front office, unfortunately, is in a position that they have no room for error because they got to take weird chances. And then they throw it all on their exceptional head coach. I never complained about they could have made this trade or that trade. Never said any of that. That wasn't my talk. I've said from, for, many, for many months now, they can't make any trades. They got nothing. That's why I said get rid of Butler. You need to get rid of Butler. Now you're stuck with Butler again. And now you're stuck with him for the next three years, and that's just not a good move. So I never said at any point. I saw it right before I got on the air and I, on the air with the interview. And I was like, come on, dude. Pay attention. Listen to what I was talking about. I never talked about any, any trade. I knew they couldn't make a trade. They got nothing to trade. Everybody's got way more ammo than them. All the time. They have no ammo. They just lost ammo with, just to get rid of Deadman, which is another bad move by the Miami Heat. They've made a lot of bad moves, man. A lot of bad moves since the big three. Ton of bad moves, man. And yet, Spo bails their ass out every single time. Every single time. And by the way, Ian Baller, thank you for the love on the Super Chat. Very nice of you. Um, no, Pat Riley doesn't need to retire. Brett, what needs to happen is Mickey Harrison 
needs to change his ways. You, you can't tell your, your team, no, you can't come in with the 13th and 14th and 15th roster spots, and you got to take Udonis Haslam. Oh, dude, I love UD. He has no business being on the team. He's a coach, not a player. And that, that's, you can't do that, man. You can't do that. And, and you certainly got to stop listening to players. But the problem is you're limited. You don't have a lot of room. You don't have a lot of money to trade. You don't have a lot. So you got to settle for Kyle Lowry. You know, and some of you are there, oh, that's the biggest free age on the trade market. Whatever, bro. You, you want to do that, go ahead. I hated that, that trade from the second it happened. God, that was a terrible trade. It's like they make these moves five years too late. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, Big O, everybody's trashing this O-line coach. We got, we got, uh, we got, uh, what do you think about this guy, Big O? Well, I, I just talked about him. So you can just rewind and you can, and you can hear it. So uh, what do you got, man? Something happened? Sound happy there. No, you know, the XFL 10 days have been kicking off. They put out their finished rosters today. All right. Paxton Lynch made it on the Orlando Gal- uh, Orlando Guardians, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. And I'm looking at Reed Sinnott. Oh, I'm, we're Sinnott to win it. On the San Antonio Brahmas. Oh. I'm still going through on some of the other ones to see if any named, like. But the way they did it, they like some teams did in alphabetical order. Some did in numbered order, so you're try, trying to go through and well hit position. Find who the quarter hit it doesn't the, the doesn't posi- allow me it doesn't, to. It doesn't, not not on this on the sheet. I'm stealing it from here. Okay, Ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. Seattle Was Sea Dragons. The, the Cowboys, right? Ben Denucci. Yeah, Denucci, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Nico says, "Be a coach like every other staff member on the Heat. Many are former players who played with UD." Right, exactly. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It just, uh, I get the whole thing with UD and all that, but, you know, and I love UD. Who doesn't love UD, bro? I mean, it's like, a, it's criminal as a Heat fan not to love UD, you know? We all love UD, but, man, everybody has a time and a place, and his time and his place passed. His time is to become more of a basketball executive or coach. He's a smart guy. He's a hard worker. Well, then let's help translate that in another area where maybe he can help. You know, maybe he can scout. Uh, Maybe he can find players. Maybe he can help, you know, teach. But taking up a roster spot is a cheap way out by the ownership group. I mean, the fact that you started immediately without the 15th player, it's like so ridiculous. And then you're using all these two-way contracts, and it's, it's just a cheapness on top of a cheapness on top of a cheapness. It's just really, it's not a good look for, for the Arison family. It's just not. I don't get it. Welton Rayom, by the way, if you want a law office that can protect you here in South Florida, Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, and even in Monroe County for our friends in the Keys, you're dealing with homeowner property damage. Maybe, I don't know, a car went through your uh, wall like us or fire, water damage, storm damage, condo damage, uh, business owner claims, criminal defense, commercial litigation, personal injury, 
46-46. I saw it firsthand. These guys brought progressive insurance to their knees. Okay? It was impressive. They were offering us one-fifth of what we ended up getting because they were offering us a lot less than what it took to actually replace it. That's disgusting. That's unacceptable. And Welton Rayom brought them to their knees, and they do this all the time with a lot of insurance companies. Call them 954-966-4646. Bankruptcy, personal injury, criminal defense, condo damage, homeowner property damage, I'm telling you, call them for a free consultation. Call Dan or Jeff, man. Welt and Rayom, 954-966-4646, and tell them that Big O sent you. All right. Uh, Gary says, I remember when Jimmy Johnson shocked everybody and cut the veteran linebacker Jack Del Rio before the season for a rookie named Zach Thomas. Yes. Yes, he did. He, he had a uh, meeting in the locker room, and he said uh, two guys have already made this team uh, that week, and he said um, Dan Marino and Larry Izzo. And then he also cut Jack Del Rio that first week. Said, Jack, I found my middle linebacker. I want you to have a chance to go get a job. And he gave it to Zach Thomas. And Zach was like right from the get-go, making calls and just taking over. And I remember that training camp like, like it was yesterday. I remember that training camp, uh, how Zach just took over right from the get-go. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It was very cool to watch that. Hope he gets in. I think eventually he'll get in. Eventually, some they'll, you know, they'll come to their senses and, and not use his height against him like it's been used his entire life, even when he succeeds. And like his defense was blamed because that, def- that team never went you know, uh, forward. Well, of course, they never had an offense. You know? It's, it's the sad part. Jimmy didn't do enough on offense. He destroyed the offense is what he did. And that's with Marino. And he destroyed the offense. It's crazy. Uh, Bam's maturation gives me hope moving forward. I just hope that the luxury tax doesn't scare the Arisons for too much longer. Well, apparently that's the norm. They're, they're only going to open up their purse strings. Apparently, this is how it goes for them, is if they run into another LeBron or Shaq, that's it. They're not taking any chances. They, they, they're, they're not going to take any chance they're going to secure their risk by making sure that if they go over the luxury tax, it's really for a true superstar and a run. That's it. That's the way they're going to look at it. True Fin Fan, thank you for the love on the super chat. At their peak, who was better, Zach or JT? It's two different positions. You know what I mean? But if you're going to tell me who the better player is, brother, that's not even up for debate. It's Jason Taylor. Okay. Love Zach. Great linebacker. Frankie Fresco, thank you for a little love on Cash App, a little Bitcoin donation. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, Frankie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Uh, We are ready to talk a little football, man. Let's go with our EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report with Alan Poupart. 
Dolphins fans. Time to get insight on your favorite team with your favorite reporter with an Expos hat. Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart in our EJDConstruction.com Miami Dolphins report exclusively on a big O radio show. Get insight on your favorite team with your favorite reporter with an Expos. All right, I don't know. Uh, you just wanted to um, do a double shot Thursday or something like that? I don't know, but in Zeta 4, it used to be on Tuesdays, okay? Not Thursdays. Just want you to know. Zeta 4. That's, That's a right. reference right there. That's right, baby. She's only rock and roll. Zeta 4, K102 with the kangaroo. Uh, when was that? That might have been before my time. It doesn't ring a bell. What? No, yeah. You've been here since the early 80s. You saw K102. Okay. Yep. K102. she? Yes. She's Zeta only rock and roll. Uh, and, yeah, and K-102 was out for a short time, but uh, we had it here in town. Uh, sometimes, look it up there, K-102, South Florida Rock Station. There's probably, I bet you there's a Wikipedia page uh, about it. I remember the, uh, the logo was uh, a blue sticker. I said K-102, and it had a kangaroo on it, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah I don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah, and I want to say, okay, you're looking it up. I'm going to guess K-102 was 84 to 87, maybe 88. I'm going to go, I'm going to go right in that area somewhere. So we'll see. Sean will look it up for us, and we'll see how good or bad my memory is. And, and, and get me the sticker also. The bumper sticker. Oh, they had a bumper sticker. People used to have it on. It was actually a really good station, K-102. Yeah, that yeah, was actually a really good station. Uh, I really enjoyed that station. What was that? K-102? Yeah, K one hundred two. You can't find it. Go to Wikipedia, probably. Oh, there's a Facebook page. Let me see. Oh, uh, K one hundred two. Oh, alumni of K one hundred two. You see, my. I don't know if you can see that there from there. Okay, well, it's, ac it's actually on Facebook. Alumni friends of K102. <laughs> so, you can't tell. So, it, there was not, there's no Wikipedia page or anything that tells you what years it was? Damn. Okay. Unacceptable. Yeah, it is. It's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be there. Anyway, uh, Butch Berry. Let's, uh, let's talk a little. Let's get Butch here on the show. Uh, let's talk a little Butch Berry. Kind of a strange, strange reviews. Uh, some, there's some decent. Strange is a nice way to put it. Yeah. Uh, there's some decent stats out there at times, too. So, you know, what I've told Dolphin fans, who cares, bro? We got to give the guy a clean slate. McDaniel knows him. So he's got to like something about him because he worked with the damn guy. He must know something about what he wants to do in his system. So what the hell? I mean, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. To, to, we got to be honest with the guy. We got to be fair with the guy and, and give him a clean slate. But so far, the reviews are, are not that good right now. No, and they're coming from folks out of Denver where he didn't make much of an impression. The fact that when they make the change – with two games left in the regular season, they make it a point to fire the special teams coach and the O-line coach. Doesn't necessarily speak very well about it. I saw those same advanced stats that you saw, and 
I, I shake my head at advanced stats where people use it as a crutch to like, I mean, because somebody's inputting those stats and it becomes a judgment, like the win rate on pass blocking, the win rate. Well, the bottom line is they, they were they were leading the league in sacks allowed when, when Butch Barry was fired and they were 23rd in rushing. So spare me with the, with the, win, the win block rate and all that. Something, right. something we're, we're, Back to the original point. And, again, by, and by the way, they suck, and, and he sucked at the University of Miami too. Yep, that's the, that's the word I got as well. Um, and then when he was with, with Mike McDaniel in San Francisco, he was the assistant offensive line coach behind Chris Furster, who I know is the butt of a lot of jokes here in South Florida, except, yeah, except the guy is a very, very good and very, very highly regarded offensive Oh, no, no. <laughs> Before you came on, I said, hey, we used to have a guy here that, you, that would do cocaine, but, but he could coach. So you know, that's, that's one of those guys that you want to try to straighten out so you can keep him because he's actually a really good coach. Yeah, uh, I would go as far as to say there were a lot of a lot, most NFL observers and analysts were very high on his ability as a coach. Sorry, that's that's cheap and pun cheap intended. And, pun intended. We got you. Yeah, that, that's cheap, and I, I I hate myself for having gone there, but it was too easy. Um, here's the other factor with Butch Berry also. Let's not forget that Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator, was an offensive line coach became, before he became offensive coordinator. And it's not like he's not hands-on with the offensive line. Um, so I, I think if anybody's expecting basically Mike McDaniel to hire Butch Barry and then go, here you go, here's the offensive line, you take care of them and we'll worry about the rest. No, not quite like that. Right. Uh, I, I kind of get that feeling too that, that Smith will still be in charge and – it's almost like Barry really is more of an assistant offensive line coach, got, got the title of offensive line coach. And maybe it's one of those, hey, let's bring you in, let's get you you know, acclimated to the system, get you going with Frank, and then once we're comfortable and you're comfortable, then we can kind of you know, give you a little bit more and more and more, and it's one of those kind of things. Uh, and let me tell you, this, you know, some, some idiot on Twitter goes, well, they had to settle for him because who would want to work with this offensive line? I'm like, you're an idiot, dude. They got a perennial pro bowler in Armstead. Connor Williams is a hell of a center. And Robert Hunt is an up-and-coming guard. They've only got two questionable positions. And hell, if Brandon Shell comes back, you know at least he can man the right side and do a serviceable job for you. I think any offensive line coach would love to start with that kind of a foundation. And you got two, two of your other guys are two recent second round picks who any offensive line coach from the outside might look at and go, Let, give me some time with them. I'm going to turn them into players. Right. So, yeah, no, that, that whole thing is, is, is kind of ridiculous. I, I don't, I'm not buying this, this notion. I saw again somewhere, like I think somebody on Facebook, where the Dolphin offensive line was rated 24th. Again, what, what's the, what's the rating? And no offense to PFF and all those good folks. Yeah, just yeah. What's the rating? I, I know what my eyes told me for most of the season. And when Teron Armstead was in the game, that was a pretty pretty solid offensive line. Yeah, and it was pretty solid when they were smacking Buffalo seven yards a carry. And you know, if the owner, if the if the coach doesn't want to continue running, well, he's the one that kind of takes the groove out of Stella. You know what I'm saying? So there are times, too, where the, the run game was working really well and the head coach did not help them at times to keep them hot and keep them going. And plus, most of the year, something we could not say in Tua's first two years, Tua was not running for his life at all in the passing game. Correct. He had more than enough time. I don't know, bro. What do you want to go, 90 95% of his drops? He had more than enough time to pass. He wasn't... 
like the first two years, which the poor kid was getting mauled right from the second it was snapped. And and here's the other point too. If if anybody, because I, I I've seen this this take before that they need an offensive line that's going to keep him from getting injured. Well, it's very convenient to forget that on the two plays where he got the concussions, the the, the officially diagnosed concussions, he had tons of time to throw, uh, and he just hung onto the ball. And and in the one in the case against Cincinnati, he had Jalen Waddle wide open for a, for a forty yard pass early in the play, didn't see it, then hung onto the ball, and eventually tried to make the one on one juke on Josh Tapau, and that worked. That ended badly. And then the, the the Green Bay game, he eventually got tackled. And then after completing a pass to Durham Smythe, and it wasn't because he wasn't didn't have the time to throw. And it so. was four point eight one seconds. There you go. Which I'm I'm no, I'm no I'm no offensive line genius, but that's a pretty long time to throw. A ball. No, that's ridiculous. That's Ryan Tannehill like time. You don't know. You don't hold on to the ball like that. That's what I. Right. He's got to learn that he's not that guy. Also, he's not supposed to hold on to the ball. He has to be some of like like I said. Uh, the the bust that that is in Canton for Marino uh, moves as fast as Marino, and and he's there in, in in Canton, and that's all he has. He has to move the same as a bust. Just make him a, a, a decision in the damn pocket in three seconds and get the hell out of the whole damn thing. Now, if there's nobody around every once in a while. There's, you know, there's those obvious moments that you can hang on to it for another second. But more often than not, dude, just get rid of the damn ball. We're and, scramble inside. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You keep thinking you're, you know, you're, you're Russell Wilson or, or Fran Tarkenton, whatever generation you grew up with. That's not who you are, bro. You're not, you're not going to yeah. be able to do those kind of things. It's just... It's just not it. Um, do you have any idea? They asked me, and I have no idea, so I'm going to put you in the terrible position. They need an outside linebackers coach. Uh, they need a safeties coach. What do you think about what, where's Fangio looking for this? I, I don't know. I haven't studied his coaching tree, to be honest with you. Um, and that's nothing's going to happen there until they, they, they take care of the biggest piece on defense, and that's going to happen after the Super Bowl. So once they – once they make it official that they're hiring Vic Fangio, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there have been conversations. Oh, you have any idea who you might want to bring in for those positions? Right. Nothing's going to get done, um, you know. And, no, and knowing him that he's old school, he'll say, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that after I sign the contract. Then we'll talk about it and all that, you know, because that looks like that's kind of the, the whole process. I wonder if they'll hold a press conference for him, you think? That's not been the pattern in, right? in recent years. So, um yeah. I don't recall them I don't recall that being the case. Uh last year when they hired Frank Smith to be the OC. Yeah, you're right. It's only it's only a year ago I should remember this, but no, I don't recall I don't recall a press conference for Frank Smith and I don't recall press conferences in in 2019 once this, uh, Flores uh, you know finalizes the original staff. No, you're right. You're right. I I don't think so. It just would be a a fascinating conversation to have with him, but he—he he probably doesn't even want to do anything like that. He doesn't look like the the media the media type. So uh, that that once a week thing might be a little interesting with him because uh, it doesn't look like he's really the guy that really likes media too much. Yeah, there's a lot of those, and then if we're going to be honest, I, I think more coaches than not, if they had their druthers, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be doing. The once weekly, if you're a coordinator, and the once a month, if you're your position coach, you know that they're doing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you and there. 
we can't take it personally. No. It's funny because one time Josh Boyer was talking about this was at a time when somebody asked him, like, if you, I don't remember the exact question, but basically the premise was like, if the thought of maybe he was about to coach one of his final games that come into play, and he was talking about he wasn't worried about anything because he's thankful for everything he's got in his life. And he mentioned a whole bunch of things. And when he left the podium, I threw out there, hey, you didn't mention the opportunity to interact with the media once a week. <laughs> what was the what was the reaction? He kind he kind of gave it like, like a quick quick little smirk, like yeah. <laughs> I think deep down, he's like, uh, yeah, no. All right, so uh, let's talk a little Super Bowl, my man. Um, what where where are you leaning to? Uh, Philly's favored by a point and a half in this game. I have a strong lead toward Philly. There, there, there. If it wasn't fat for Patrick Mahomes, I, I think we'd be looking at a. At a Clear, clear, decisive win. Uh, Mahomes just give you the idea that anything's possible for the Chiefs. But top to bottom, I think Philly is clearly a better team. And we've talked for a while about their ridiculous combination, O-line, D-line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and D-line, it's even even their front seven. I mean, it's like, I mean, they got studs all over the place. And I, I, had, I had this argument with actually a good friend of mine who covers the Eagles about Nick Sirianni and his worthiness as coach of the year. And I'm thinking... I'm not offended if I'm an Eagles person about him not being a finalist because look at the town he had to play with. But then, that being the case, Howie Roseman's got to be executive of the year. I mean, look at the, the moves that they made this offseason with A.J. Brown, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, which was a complete steal getting him from the Saints. That dude's a great safety. And signing Hassan Reddick uh, in free agency. And I'm going to forget some moves. But, I mean, it's just – he had they made the playoffs last year and they added like four or five – key pieces to that team there's just there's no hole on that roster i mean um i i i have a hard time I, again but i don't have i don't have i don't mind giving sirianni coach of the year because one of the things i do like uh, uh, he's a young guy that has been able to mold this team quickly and he has they kind of take on his attitude you know and i, I kind of like that he has a little swag to his to his dude, you know what I'm saying, and and for such a young coach to be, you know that, like he's got it all together, man. You know what I'm saying? He's got a good connection with the players. I have no problem. I get it. They're super talented, but I've seen a lot of super talented teams also fall apart and not. And hey, listen, the Cowboys are pretty talented, and they find ways to choke their their, their way out of games and all that. And yet, this guy has really kept this team together, and they're playing at a an incredibly high level. Man, uh, I don't I don't mind giving Sirianni Coach of the Year. I, and, and I would I wouldn't mind either, but to, to me he would he wouldn't be my first choice. My, I mean my guy my choice is Brian Dable because I look at the Giants. Yeah, you're right, and I'm like, how the hell did that team make the playoffs? Yeah, no, yeah, you're right, and he got more out of out of uh, out Daniel of his, Jones. out of Jones than anybody could get. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Uh, Dable's job with the Giants, I can't argue with that one. That that was one awesome awesome job because I don't think that Giants team is that good. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Not the, and on top of that, they had injuries up to Wazoo at wide receiver, yeah. which did not help their quarterback, who actually had a, had his best season by far. Yeah, no, it's a great call on your part. I, it, it, it's hard to argue that point. I just don't want to take anything away from Philly. They've earned everything oh, that no, they. No, no. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. And, and then, and then, um, like the comments that the giant safety Julian Love made, kind of semi taking shots, like he he didn't have to do anything other than basically get out of the way. And it's like, well, yeah, 
Correct. And he did that very well with that kind of talent. It's basically don't mess it up, which is exactly what Sirianni did. He didn't have to do more than what he did. So for, he had a great, he had a great team to work with and he did a great job with it. I, I, no, I have nothing but kudos about the work Kevin Sirianni done. I just think that Brian Dable will be more deserving. Yeah, no. And I don't have a problem giving uh, Dable uh, that, that award for sure. Uh, Just out of curiosity, uh, we're, let's play the shell game. Where does Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo end up? I thought you guys were going to talk about Brandon Shell since you said the shell game. Um, thank you. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Vegas or the Jets? No, 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 no. There's no fence straddling. You got You oh, got to. You got to nail it. You got to. You got to go with one. Where does okay, Rogers land? Derek Carr, New Orleans. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, the other two is going to be Raider. It's going to be Vegas or the Jets. So it's a matter of who goes where. I'm, uh, I think I, go, I think Rogers is going automatically to the Raiders. I don't think Rogers wants anything to do with New York's media, at all. That's fair. Uh, I think he may look at that Jets roster and go, hmm. Oh no, it's, it's that defense, and he gets Brees Hall back in that offense. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not. Ar- I'm not arguing with you that. Their roster is pretty damn good, but, you know, and he's a West Coast guy, too. So that puts him in Vegas, close to the West Coast, all that crap. I just got – well, but, but what do you think? You think Rodgers goes to the Jets then? No, you make – well, and the, the difference, though, with Rodgers and Garoppolo is – I mean, Rodgers can semi-dictate where he goes because, um, you know, he can refuse to go. He can just say, well, he's not retiring and leaving $58 million on the table. Uh, but they have to work out trade compensation, whereas Jimmy G is going to be free agent. Um, interesting. Okay, uh, I'll bite. Okay. Ugh. See, I, I don't think it's quite as clear cut because you got the Josh McDaniels. That's the idea. That's the idea. Also. That's the idea. It's not clear cut. I got to, you know, I'm putting Garoppolo in the Jets. I'm putting Rodgers in Vegas, and I'm putting Carr in New Orleans. Okay, but I'm okay. I'm gonna go the other way around. I'm gonna go Rogers to the Jets, Garoppolo to Vegas. Okay. All right. Let's see. But but I have I, let's say fifty-one forty-nine because I I your logic also makes sense. Yeah, Devontae Adams is there. He's a West Coast guy. His quirkiness. He's got to know that New York is gonna be a monster for him. Because yeah, but he's also one of those guys. If Aaron Rodgers, how do, I can how can I put this very politely? Um, let's say a fairly high regard for his own intelligence and ability to, to handle situations. So he may, he may look at it almost as a challenge and I I will, I'll, I'll deal with those New York media types. I don't know. It's different when it's just, you know, Rob Domofsky and, uh, and a couple of other dudes standing in front of you in green Bay. And then you go to New York and it's going to be 200 in front of you every single week. And they're going to be dissecting. They're going to be dissecting anything and everything you say and have said and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just. Uh... It, it, here's the thing, though. It, it, dealing with the local media for quarterback is one day a week plus post game. And as far as what's being dissected, not like Aaron Rodgers hasn't been scrutinized like crazy nationally for the past 
whatever five six seven years yeah i know but it's it's it's, di- it's different when all these new york uh media outlets are right in your face and then they start bombarding you with you know super bowl like questions and you're like well huh what where did that come from you know <laughs> holy crap you know that kind of shit it's a it's a different bur- you have to be a different athlete to play in new york period you have to be you, you can't know. be thin-skinned. Yeah, you, you. Yeah, and I don't know that one. Uh, that one's kind of odd for me. All right, what do you got going on on alldolphins.com for Sports Illustrated? That's what every dolphin fan should be bookmarking alldolphins.com to get this man's intel every single day. What you got going on? Well, we've had a lot of stuff this week. Today, I posted a story earlier today, basically previewing the Hall of Fame class of 2023 which is going to be announced tonight with the hope that this is the year that Zach Thomas finally gets in. Um, and that we'll be following up with the results. Let's hope so. That's it. All right. All right. Good stuff. There's a lot of other stuff on there. I just, uh, but that, that's the main focus today. All right. There you go. Appreciate you as always, my man. Thank you. We will uh, catch up uh, on, uh, on Tuesday and we'll talk a little, uh, Little dolphins, and we'll talk a little Super Bowl. Then we'll have uh, we'll have our uh, our result. Sounds good. Enjoy the big game. You got it, my brother. Be good. There you go. The great Alan Poupart there with our EJDConstruction.com Miami Dolphins report. And when it comes to EJD, call my guy Eric. Oh man, they're always there for you. 305-433-4843. And listen, custom home construction, major home remodeling. We're talking about a company that is responsible. Everyone is insured, okay? So all the workers, when they come into your house, they're insured. So if somebody gets injured, they're not suing you. Make sure whenever you hire somebody to work at your home, they are fully insured because if they're not and they get injured on your property, they can sue you. EJD Construction protects you, the customer. So if you are looking to build an addition to your home, a second floor, you want to modernize that kitchen, you want to upgrade that man cave now, make it really nice, you need to redo that backyard, and maybe, you know, one of our listeners actually made this whole shed with a a full kitchen and a barbecue and a grease trap. I mean, it was really, really cool. Another one of our listeners uh, built an observation deck on top of their house so they can hang out. Apparently, the guy's a big cigar smoker, so you can hang out with your cigar on top of your house, watching the sunset, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool, man. I, I've seen more and more houses actually build like a like a observation deck. You ever seen some house, any of your houses around your town, and you've seen one with, a, with an observation deck that they build on top? That is such a cool thing, man. Telling you, I don't. I don't know if they would allow me to get away with it, but it's something that I would love to build myself. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, I know. I think the one down the road that's a two-story has the like sliding glass door where they can come out, like a little balcony type thing. Like a balcony, thing, yeah. But it's not really a you know rooftop. Yeah, yeah. Sitting there. And yeah, down. yeah. They got like a spiral sta- staircase to the to the. Uh, Eric showed me the pictures. It's uh, it's really cool. It's really cool. Can't say your name, but it's really, really cool. So uh, you call them, man. 305-433-4843. Custom home construction, major home remodeling, whatever it is you need. If, if you unfortunately had to fire your home or business and you need to remediate everything and gut it all out, they do that too. You got uh, your roof. You're, you're renewing your hurricane policy. And if your roof is too old, 20 years plus, these, these insurance companies are telling you now you've got to upgrade your roof. 
Well, EJD Construction can do that for you in Dade and Broward County. 305-433-4843. You've been listening to the EJDConstruction.com Miami Dolphins Report with Sports Illustrated's Alan Poupart. For additions, home remodeling, and custom work, call Eric at 305-433-4843. EJDConstruction.com is your custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see. All right. What do we got going on here? Uh, yes, uh, yeah, the uh, combine, but but the main dates, by the way, um, that you guys care about the the guys running the forty and the shuttle and all that silliness, uh, that goes on um, between the first, second, third, and fourth. I want to say, I know because I'm coming back on the third. I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah, I think so, because I'm not staying for the last day. Usually, most of the guys are gone, you know, leading up to that. So I'm going to go up there for a few days, have some fun, and uh, get some, gather some information draft-wise, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, what's it called? The, uh, the uh, rep, what's the name of the Maurice, uh, the guy that leads the NFLPA? Anyway... He just came out and said, like, we should abolish the, the combine. Like, he doesn't want the combine at all. And I don't blame him. I got to be honest with you. The combine's a, just a bunch of crap that the NFL created and now made it into a moneymaker for themselves. DeMorris Smith. Uh, Smith, yes. Uh, DeMorris Smith said, uh, you know, and, and he's right. The combine was made just for the medicals and the interviews. Then there became all this other crap that they've added to it, which guys can pull muscles and get injured and all that stuff. And he's right. It doesn't really help your draft status. It mostly hurts your draft status because all they're doing is asking you all kinds of crazy questions, and then they're trying to find some negatives in you in the whole process. So, yeah, it's kind of weird, man. They're... They've got to do something about it, but, you know, some of you, a lot of you actually like this crap. You know, when I go to the Combine, I don't care about no 40 or shuttle or bench, benching or anything like, none of that means anything to me. I always trip out when I have people, well, hey, uh, who ran the fastest 40? And I'm like, I don't care, dude. (laughs) That doesn't matter to me. I'm not drafting somebody just because they ran the fastest 40. Or because they benched, I remember, was it the Bears took some guy, some lineman, that he did a crazy amount of squats or, 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 or benches, uh, bench reps. And I forgot the guy's name. Do you, you remember who I'm talking about? Not, not the bench press thing. I was going to say, I, I, know, I remember the whole joke about Al Davis, though. If oh, you yeah. want a 40, you can turn, jump up to a... <laughs> Yes. A first-round pick because he had got Willie Galt and all, yes. the, all those guys. Yes. I remember yes. that, but I don't remember the yeah. – if- Yeah, yeah. So just um, – what's it called? Um, it's crazy. Just, it, it, to me, it's, it's silliness. Let me see here. Justin Ernest? 
Really? No, no. He, com- he completed 51 reps at the 99 NFL Combine. No, it was, it was after that. It was after that. It was after 99. It might have been somewhere in the 2010 area, probably. But it's some guy that they drafted. Uh, Bears draft. Just put Bears draft D lineman bench reps, and maybe it'll come out like that. If I if I uh, if I remember correctly. But anyway, so not Khalil Mack, right? No, no, definitely not Khalil Mack. Sam Acho? No, no, no. It's before these guys. It was before these guys. Kevin White? No. Somebody will somebody will remember the name for Let's me. See if anybody's got any names in there yet. Somebody will remember it. I know that. Anyway, so ah, uh, so you never found anything on K one oh two? Oh no, I did. I was going to tell you. What would you find out? Hold on. Let me get to it. I gotta go back here. K-102 in 1979, K-102 changed formats again to a tight rotation of Rockets with DJs Buddy Hollis, Bo Walker, Alan Michaels, Tom Stevens, and Jeff Allen. How long did they last? They went to, from 79. Wow, it went mm-hmm. earlier than I, what I thought. Yeah, by late 80, they made a dent into WSHE's dominance of South Florida rock audience. Right. At this time, K-102 was calling itself South Florida's hottest rock. In nice. early 82, K-102 began playing a new wave format and calling itself K-102 Rock of the 80s. Okay. In 1983, K-102 was playing an album-oriented rock that lasted until the station was sold by Bob Bell. Oh, okay. All right. I know the name Bob Bell. Yeah, so that, that the station was sold in 83, which was then when it stopped. Okay. So 79 to 83 was the rock, but they were around... From the early 70s, because they started as a soul R&B format. Right. Then they went to uh, automated disco format. And then they went to the K-102 with the Rockets. Okay. All right. There you go. Although it, it was a little earlier than what I, th- than what I thought. I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if Poopart was here that early. I know he was here in the early 80s because he's been covering the Dolphins for a long time. Uh, but it might have been, might have been, a, it might have been a tight, um, what's it called, a uh, a uh, a tight window there where he was there, and then K one hundred two. Let's see. Uh, Rhino says there were so many K one hundred two bumper stickers in my high school with the kangaroo big O show. Yeah, I remember that. It was uh, Mike Mamula. Yeah, that was the workout warrior, but not the guy that I thought was the bench guy. Not the bench guy that I that I'm thinking of. If I remember the name, I will hear. I will. If I hear the name, I will remember. Stephen Pay. That's it. Stephen Pay. Yeah. yeah. Where did he go? What school? He was in Oregon State in 2011. He recorded 49 bench press reps at the combine. He went on to be drafted by the Chicago Bears in the That's second it. round of the 2011 NFL Draft, and, and he did nothing. For Washington, Cleveland, and Dallas. He did nothing. That's the guy. That's the guy. And what did I say? Like around 2010, it was 2011. There you go. So once in a while, I, I, I get right up there, right around that area, and we get close to it. How you remember these stupid things? I don't know how it stays in my mind. I got I to. Don't, don't, 
It's amazing, right? All the stupid shit that stays in your mind, like forever, like that, like that crap. Like, why would I remember that? I'm not even a bear's. Well, you know what? I probably remember Bill complaining about it. Probably. Yeah, probably. It's probably like what drilling it was. your head. He probably yeah. spoke about it daily. Yeah, he probably like God. I can't believe we drafted this guy just because he benched it and all that. Yeah, that was the guy, Fred Smoot. Wasn't he pretty decent? Yeah, he was, and, and he, the, you know, he, down. you know who Fred's what he's more famous for. He only did one bench press at the combine. Well, no, but he's more famous. He was benching some hoes on that on that uh, oh. on that boat for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> okay, All okay, right. that was Fred Smoot, bro. It was him and uh, and our boy from UM, um, the big lineman. Uh, they they were kind of in charge of that, huh? McKinney, yeah. <laughs> they were in charge of that sex boat, that sex party. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's right. what Fred's, Fred Smoot is. That's he the was Vikings, good, right? Yeah, he yeah, had no. some good years, bro. Yeah. He was good, good corner for well, the Vikings. No, he's officially I mean, for the, uh, the weakest athlete in combine history. Okay. Because I wanted to see because it popped up like That's who funny. did the least. He did one rep. Okay. Fred's like, hey, I got I to go see some O's. I'm out of here. Yeah, one bro. Gun, one a gun. Yeah, Fred Smoot, man. Literally one and done. Yeah, yeah. But he... he Shit, he got a long career in the NFL. I want to say he played maybe 12 years, 10 years. I knew the name Smooth. It sounded familiar, but I didn't know if it was the same, like a different one or if, if I was. How long did Fred Smooth's career last? Uh, I want to say 10, 12 years, bro. That, that, that guy bounced around a little bit, but, but he had a time where he was a good player and then he helped out. Yes, Y100 was, Y100 has always been pop, never been rock. It's uh, Zeta was rock in, in this town, in South Florida. K-102, Zeta, she, and, and now it's uh, big. That's about it, right? And, and then yeah. if you live a little bit more north, the Gator. Always love the Gator. Yeah, smooth nine years, someone says. Yeah, 2001 to 2009. Yeah, okay, between yeah. two teams, the Vikings go. and the Redskins. Yeah, so he had a hell of a career, man. Hell of a career. I can tell you that. That's for sure. And I agree. That's right. Give us a like there on the on the uh, on the uh, chat board there, folks. Appreciate you all. It's very important to hit the like button. Gets the algorithm going, and all that good stuff. So the lots of uh, basketball trades. None for the Miami Heat. What were you yeah. going to say? No, no, no. I was going to ask you something. Um, I saw something on Twitter that uh, like an NFL reporter kind of sends out. He was he talked to five agents. And he didn't say which five. Mm-hmm. about uh, Chargers Pro Bowl quarterback Justin Herbert's contract extension would look like in the offseason. Right. And he averaged, he took he took the average of, of them and kind of came up with the deal. Five years. What do you think the per year? Oh, it's going to be in the 45 range. 50? Wow. 52.4 million per year. Now, again, remember, this is five agents. This is not like, right. I don't know which five that, you know, he doesn't put all there, but... $262 million, $200 million in guarantees. You think the Chargers do that? Because I know how they you have, talk they about that. No, they have no choice. They're going to yeah. let go. They're going to let others go, and they're so not going to. Yeah, Justin yeah. Herbert. <laughs> yeah, because they have, to, they, they have to put $200 million in escrow. Yeah. I mean, again, this is off of. For those of you that don't know, this is off of all the that. money you guarantee a player, that money has to be taken out of your account and put in an escrow. Because it has to be guaranteed that that player is going to get it. And they don't know five years from now, you might be broke and you might have lost everything and then you can't pay the players. So you have to take liquid cash out of the business and put it away. That's not that simple. 
You know, not everybody has mil- hundreds of millions of dollars just sitting there. Not all these owners. There are some like Stephen Ross. He's got all kinds and and the guy Walton and, you know, the guy for the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper and all that. There's a lot of these owners that have got the cash, but there are some like a Dean Spanos. So, yeah, he'll, he's going to set that aside. And then he's going to release other people. And, you know, and if it requires a big signing one, he's going to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And that's going to limit what's around him and have fun. Have fun. If you're getting up in that range, what was it? Two hundred and twenty-eight million was the was the cap, right? Or what they're thinking of raising the cap to? If your if your quarterbacks are making what one one fifth of that, yeah, is your quarterback? That's why it limits I mean, you. And then you got your your was left tackle, your number one pass wide receiver, rusher, number one wide receiver, pass rusher, and shutdown corner. Those numbers start going up. The, the five most important be... players, you, once you pay those guys, you're paying, you know, like 60% of your, your salary cap to those guys. Ooh. 70. And then you've got to build the rest. If you, ha- if you have those five guys. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's very true. Okay. Yeah, so if you have you may, those five guys. You may not have guys. to pay one of them. Yeah. You, them. you know, like San Francisco is not paying the, the quarterback. They, they're paying the, the pass rusher. Um, they don't have a shutdown corner. Actually, they do have a left tackle. He's thinking of retiring. And then uh, they have an, and Debo Samuel. They have the number one wide receiver. So they're missing the shutdown corner in the franchise quarterback. So they're able to kind of, you know, do all of that. But the team that has to pay for all five, ooh, doggy. At least you're a ch- you, got, you got championship ability. That's for sure. Okay. Can I ask you one thing? I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't wanna... It's a talk show. No, but when you look at, like, KC, for instance, all right, because everybody got onto them because they let, let Tyreek go, but Kelsey gets the number one receiver money or no? Yeah, no, that's – um. well, he's getting paid already. No, I mean, I mean, he's getting – but is that how they're looking at him as that's our number one yeah. wide receiver and that's why they're doing what they're doing with the receiving core? Right, yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Because I was going to say, how does it work? Like, for well, like, they, they really remember they had the number one receiver. What are the 49ers paying Kittle? And they had to let him go. Oh, they're yeah. top, top shelf money. They're paying him top shelf, dude. Yeah. So they got Debo, Kittle. No quarter. Oh, but again, they don't have the quarterback right no. now. They're not paying the quarterback. Right. They don't have the, the shutdown corner, corner or the quarterback. Yeah. So they can get away so with it right can, now. because They, they can, can get away with got it. it. Okay. Yeah, but once you got to pay that quarterback the $40, $45, 50000000 million, it's, it, it really starts to change the dynamics of your team. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know who they'll bring in as a backup, man, uh, for the Dolphins. I just don't know. Uh, Panthers are back in action tonight against the Shocks. At Florida Live Arena, the Sharks suck, so they should be able to hopefully get a victory. UM is off till Saturday at the Watsco Center. They take on Louisville. Uh, What else do we have? KD to the Suns. Durant, TJ Warren uh, to Suns for Mikkel Bridges. Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnson, four first-round picks in 23, 25, 27, 29, and a pick swap. In 2028, I mean, a busy, busy time in the NBA. The Bucks traded 
uh, for Jay Crowder for five second rounders. The Lakers traded Thomas Bryant to Denver for Devon Reed and three second rounders. That's crazy. Because the Lakers were able to uh, dump Russell Westbrook and, and they got D'Angelo Russell in a three-team trade. L.A. got Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. And then Utah got Russell Westbrook. They'll buy him out. Damian Jones, John, or Juan, I'm sorry, Toscano Anderson, and a 2027 first-rounder. Minnesota gets Mike Conley, Nikhil, Nikhil Anderson-Walker, second-round picks in 24, 25, and 26. The Jazz now the, the 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 Utah Jazz now have 15 first round picks from now through 2029. You believe that? In the next six years, they have 15 first rounders. Smart man, because you can't bring free agents to Utah. So what do you have to do? You have to trade for for players. What do you need to trade? You need capital. What's capital? First round picks. The Jazz, you know, loaded up by trading away Darren Williams. I mean, um, Darren Williams. By trading away um, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Then they traded away uh, Mr. Uh, COVID. uh, What's his name? Um, Oh, God, the center. Uh, Rudy Gobert. And now this trade. 15 first-rounders. This is why I wanted Miami. Miami has no no trade capital. You got to move ahead, man, with Bam. And you needed to move Jimmy. Besides, you know you're going to get rid of Lowry eventually, but nobody wants him now. They'll wait till next year when it's an expiring contract. You you had to get rid of Jimmy. I hope the Heat is smart enough to get rid of Jimmy. Um, in this offseason, if they can. If they can. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, Rams are close to hiring uh, Bill's assistant O-line coach, Ryan Wendell, who's a Cali native. So the move of, of Mike Munchak doesn't look like, you know, the Rams wanted Munchak, but doesn't look like Munchak wants to come out of retirement. So for those of you out there, because, you know, I've had a couple of people, oh, why couldn't they get Munchak, this, that, and maybe the guy doesn't want to coach. And he's got family on the left coast. And remember, Mike Munchak has had a hell of a career. It's not just a great coaching career, you youngins out there. This is a Hall of Fame caliber player, okay? Mike Munchak was one hell of a player, one hell of an offensive lineman for a long time. That entire family, right? It was like three of them, right, that have played in the NFL? The Munchak brothers and the dad, I want to say. I, I mean, it's it's sick. And so he's had a long career. Maybe he doesn't, you know, at least from what I heard before I started this show. So it looks like he may not be coming back to work yet. Maybe he's off this year or done overall. Who knows? All right, let's uh, take a quick break. It is hour number three next. We are coming to you live from Hialeah Park. Uh, By the way, Cutter's Edge Pro, we love Cutter's Edge Pro. Will and Mike, they do a great job. Every time I pull into my house and I see the beautiful work that they did for us 
and they can do it for you. It changes the look of your home. It just feels, it just takes it to another level, plus the value of your home goes up. And then the best thing that we've been able to do, and by the way, I went and saw the video. There was too much freezing at the back end of it. I gotta re, I gotta reshoot that video. Yeah, it locked up and it stayed with me for a while until the end. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's not. Yeah, so I gotta redo it, and I will. I'll redo it and uh, show. It. Maybe what I'll do is I'll record it, then upload it, so that way you guys can see the whole video clean and everything. But man, my backyard, I'm so happy with, and I thank Will and Mike, obviously, and that company does such an amazing job. They do the job right. That's what you're going to feel when you when they're done, that you know they did it the right way. Uh, they, they do maintenance also, folks. They do all kinds of things, from landscape design to outdoor lighting, uh, irrigation, synthetic turf, tree trimming and removals. Don't go doing that yourself. It's so dangerous getting up on the roof. Sometimes these trees are close to power lines. Man, let, let professionals do this for you. That way nobody gets injured and they're fully insured, by the way. Again, I wouldn't even have a company on our show that isn't fully insured because I'm not going to send a company to your house that isn't fully insured and puts you guys at risk. I can't do that. And that's why I always tell you guys, whoever you hire, please make sure they're fully insured. So Dade Broward or Palm Beach counties, call my friends, man. Call William or Mike, 954-472-0622. Your home, your business, your condo, doesn't matter. They work all of those. It doesn't matter if it's home or business, every kind of business. They've handled all of them here throughout South Florida, and they maintain them. They've got like over 70 trucks that are roaming, and you've probably seen the Cutter's Edge logo throughout South Florida, call William or Mike, 954-472-0622. Go to cuttersedgepro.com and go to their Instagram page and go check out some of their work there at Cutter's Edge Pro.